So today on the podcast, I am joined by Carrie Brady. And when you say sales to me, you are exactly who I think of. So I'm really excited to have you on the podcast because I've been following you for a long time and seeing all the amazing things you're doing. Um, and it's been so good to see you back online recently. So I guess yeah. my first question is, is how are you? Yeah, I mean, I'm doing really good. I feel like I'm kind of uh, in this like reinvention phase, rebuilding phase, which feels really exciting. A lot of like newness and novelty to it, which feels good. Um, yeah, so I'm just kind of excited just getting back into everything. And how have you found like being offline for a while? I don't know if you were online personally, but being offline mm -hmm. business-wise, has it been refreshing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have been in this space for quite a long time, really since 2015. Um, so I have been around a minute and I think that there was a lot of people that experienced a lot of burnout. And then when I added everything that was happening with my personal life, you know, in the past year, I really felt like something had to give. And so it was nice to kind of take a break business-wise offline. Um, personally, I still was like a little bit, you know, here and there. I think it's hard to completely disconnect in today's like world and society, but um, it felt really refreshing. And I feel like a whole new sense of like passion and excitement. And um, yeah, it feels really good, you know, having had that break and now coming back feels new and fresh. Yeah, and I, I can totally see that. Um so if we go back to like 2021, I remember watching you online and being like, oh my goodness, like her launches are doing amazing. You were talking about your book and it seems like everything was just like growing month to month for you. Did it feel like that for you as well? Yeah, there was a lot happening in 2021. I gave birth to my daughter in May. And so it was kind of crazy um, being at that level that I was in while being pregnant. And I had like, a, of course, a team and stuff supporting me getting ready to launch my book. I didn't really take like a maternity leave at all. Like right after I had my daughter, I kind of like came back into things full swing because I was preparing for my book launch event in um, October of that year. And so there was just like so much happening. Um, it felt really good. Like it felt like business was doing really, really great and things were growing and I was expanding and I was launching all these new things. Um, so business wise, I felt great, but 2021 was quite possibly one of the hardest years of my life personally. Um, and that really carried over into 2022 as well, which is why I decided I needed to kind of like take a step back offline. Mm -hmm. And with not taking any time off, after giving birth like would you go back and do that differently because I don't have kids but that sounds like a lot would you go yeah. back and change that um I don't know I always yeah I think we think about things like this in the moment it felt like what I needed to do um I'm really grateful to have as much support as I did in that time I had a full-time nanny for my other daughter and I had my mom working for me, who was kind of acting as like my house manager, helping me with some business stuff, helping me with my um, newborn baby. Also, she was kind of like with me 24 seven so that my youngest could be with me 24 seven while I was like touring book event, like venues and like things like that. Um, so I do think like I was grateful to have as much support as I did. And it definitely like helped release part of the load for sure. Um, and I did what I needed to do in the moment. I don't know if I would have set up things that way initially, um, if I could go back per se, but I do think that like, you know, it all happens the way it's supposed to. So it's kind of hard to say, like, I don't know if I would go back and do something differently because I feel like there would have had to been a lot <laughs> that changed per se, but I don't know. It feels like it kind of all happened the way it was supposed to, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And it's always easier in hindsight, right? To look back mm -hmm. and be like, oh, maybe, maybe I didn't need a bit of a break, but, um, so then at some point you took a full-time job. Mm -hmm. What led to that decision and how did you know that that was like the right thing for you because I think a lot of people 
are very against taking a job once they've been business owners it's like oh I would never go back I'm unemployable so how was that for you you know it's funny I used to say those words all the time like I'm unemployable at this point and I truly had felt that way for a long time mainly because I've been in the online space since I was 19 years old like my jobs that I have had outside of you know, running my own business were very like, I mean, I was like a lifeguard in high school and college. And I, um, the only other job really I had outside of it was I was a personal trainer at a gym, which is how I got into the online space in and of itself. And I worked at GNC also when I was like 19. Um, so I really felt at that point, like I was unemployable for a real long time. But then when it came down to it and I was like going through a divorce and I had all of this other personal stuff happening. And like, I, I literally felt like my personal life was falling apart and trying to, when you're a business owner, you're doing everything. Like you're wearing literally all of the hats, right? Like you're marketing and selling and then managing the client experience and delivering, like you're doing it all. And I felt like trying to manage all of that with the team that I had, the expenses that I had were pretty high. Um, and I, I really just felt like it was like destroying my mental health at that point. I was like, I cannot do and be everything for everyone while trying to like be there for my daughters and be there for myself. It was just like a lot. And so I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to do something else, if I'm going to do anything, what, what would that look like? And, and how can I make sure that it set me up for success if, and when I decide to come back? Um, and that's when I was like, okay, well, if I take a job, it would have to be that I kind of had like a list of criteria, if you will, where I was like, I want, I would want it to be like in the tech space. I would want it to be an industry that is kind of adjacent to what I do now, or that makes a lot of sense. Something that would really like provide me with experience that I could reuse in the business world. Should I come back? So I kind of had a list of criteria. I wasn't just um, like willing to take any job, which I honestly, I get why people are though at a certain point when you reach like the point of burnout, at least that I was at, like, I do understand how some people would be like, I literally don't care. I could do anything else at this point. And it would probably be a breath of fresh air. Um, but I kind of had like a list of you know, priorities for me in terms of like going and getting another job, as well as um, I wanted to find something that was a good culture fit that also felt really important to me. Um, because when you go from working for yourself to then working for someone else, I needed to make sure that like, it was going to be a good fit for me and like how I like to work. Um, and thankfully, the tech space is very good from like a culture perspective. And that's kind of like what they're known for. So it just kind of made sense. I didn't even really apply for the job. It kind of like fell into my lap. Um, it wasn't like an open job that they were like posting about. I kind of knew someone who worked at this company who then was kind of like, Hey, they're like putting feelers out for this. I thought you'd be a really good fit. I recommended you, would you be open for this? She kind of knew what was going on in my personal life. So it really was just like a moment where like all the stars aligned, if that makes sense. Yeah, I love I love those things because it is like everything just feels like it happens as it should have. Um, mm -hmm. I'm curious to know what it was like when she started, because what you said there about like the culture and everything, I think that would be my biggest fear of like, how do I go from doing whatever I want, whenever I want and having life on my terms to actually having to like have rules again? So how yeah. was that when she started? Uh, well, I will say part of it was really refreshing. I feel like, um, there was something almost a little bit nice about, you know, having like a clock in clock out kind of situation when I was, what I felt like working 24 seven and kind of having this stress 24 seven, there was kind of a little bit of a relief at some point, also a relief of not having like all the pressure weighing on me, like knowing I just have to do like my one job and not everything. Um, otherwise like culturally the company was pretty great especially when I first started, it was like very, um, everyone was super friendly. And like, there was a lot of flexibility still in terms of like, 
communicating with them and like what I needed. My kids had uh, daycare on site, which was also like a really great perk because I could cut my um, like childcare cost, which was $4,000 a month, which was no small cost. Um, I could cut a lot and like save a lot there. Um, And it was nice to have them like at the same office building that I was working at. So it's like all these little things kind of made the culture a better fit for me. I don't know how I would have done it if it wasn't like that. Um, But I also feel like because of my position and where I landed in the company, I was pretty high up. I was kind of leading a department. So I still did have quite a bit of like flexibility in like my ideas and my thought processes and like what I wanted to implement. Like there was a lot of trust established there. So it wasn't like I was just kind of like being told what to do, but I was also setting strategy and doing a lot of like the high level thinking, which felt similar to what I was doing in my own business. So, okay. So it sounds amazing. I mean, you've almost sold me. I'm like, forget the business. I'm getting a job. Um, but at what point did you decide actually, like, I'm going to come back. I'm ready. Uh, yeah. I mean, towards the end, I definitely felt, um, there was some things that I was like, okay, this isn't sustainable for me in the long run. Um, one of the things was my kids were kind of aging out of the childcare that they provided and my oldest specifically, she's four and a half now. Um, she's going to be going into TK next year, but there was some things where I was just like, okay, I'm going to have to like this, this quote unquote perk isn't really a perk for me anymore. It's kind of like something where I'm going to have to use an outside thing. Um, and you know, the commute was kind of getting to be a lot on me. At first, I didn't mind it as much, but if anyone knows commuting in LA, it can be pretty brutal. And it was consistently taking me like an hour and a half to get into work and to leave. And so that commute was like really starting to wear me down. Now I was hybrid, so I wasn't having to go in every day, but even going in three days a week was just like, was pretty hard. And it was pretty hard on my kids, honestly. Um, And I kind of missed the flexibility of like, not just working from home, but being able to like take my kids out in the middle of the day, um, go take them to a park, take them to do something. You know, they have a lot of like classes for kids, but they're not set up for working parents. They're at like 10 AM, you know, and like little things like that. Um, so I was just kind of like feeling like, okay, well, like I miss being able to do that with my kids. Um, and that felt like a little bit hard. And then also I was just starting to want a little bit more control over my life back. I think that the break was really great for what it was. It gave me that release of control, if you will, where I was like used to being the primary caretaker, the primary breadwinner. Like there was so much going on where I was like, I have to have my hands in every single pot and I have to have control over everything. And I'm making all of these decisions. And I really felt like I had like a big case of decision fatigue. And so when I went back and worked at this job, I was like, wow, it's nice. Cause I'm not really making that many decisions as many as I was previously, at least. Um, but then there came a time where I was like, okay, now I feel like I want to make some more decisions. I want to be a little bit more in control. Um, and as I started to start feeling those feelings again and like sitting with them, I realized, okay, I think it's time for me to like transition back into what I was doing before. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. And I think, I mean, I totally feel what you're saying, like maybe not the exact same circumstances, but running a business, the amount of decisions, the amount of pressure, even when you enjoy the kind of control and being able to steer the business where you want it to go, like it's still a lot at the end of the day that you never really put down. So I totally get how that would feel like a real release um I want to pick up on one of the things you said about being the primary breadwinner because this is Mm -hmm. what we spoke about ages ago and I was like oh I really want you on the podcast to talk about this and it was the topic of like retiring your partner 
bringing your partner on into the business and that whole kind of conversation. And when I started in like 2018, 2019, this was like the number one goal that everyone seemed to have. And it's one that I definitely like internalized myself. Um, What are your thoughts on that whole topic? Mm, It can be a really messy place. Honestly, I feel like this was so big, right? 2018, 2019. Um, but it wasn't big for the right reasons. I feel like it was very ego driven and it still kind of is in the online space where it's a lot of women feeling like they want to retire their partner to prove that they could do it to prove that like women are just as powerful as men and like women can like, you know what I mean? But the but the problem is, is that a lot of the household roles don't change. And so I've, I found this kind of in my own relationship and then in multiple different of my clients and my friends' relationships is when this happens, um, you know, women are still carrying a lot more of the mental load, the household load, and they start to feel resentful of their partners because the men aren't showing up for them in the same way they would have if they were retired by their spouse, quote unquote, does that make sense? And mm-hmm. so I think a lot of women get into this specifically and they, they think this is a good idea without thoroughly having a conversation with their partner or their spouse and being like, is this what you want? And how are things going to change when this happens? And what are your responsibilities going to be? And how are you going to show up for me? And how am I going to show up for you in this situation? They kind of go at it willy nilly with like unclear expectations or just not communicated expectations. Maybe they're holding their own expectations, but not talking that through with their partner. And I think it can lead to a lot of like relationship turmoil and just like, um, I think misaligned expectations is the only way I know how to really phrase it. Um, but I think a lot of it is driven by ego initially, at least just to prove like, Oh, I did it. Like I did this in my business. And this feels like a big marker to me that I made it. Yeah. You're describing like exactly what I did. Um, which obviously I didn't realize at the time, but in hindsight, I look back and I was like, why did I even want that? Like at no point did I even ask my boyfriend, Hey, do you want this? It just Mm -hmm. was something that I did because I felt like that was some sort of like marker of success. Um, with being the primary breadwinner, was there a point where you realized actually this isn't as perfect or dreamy as I thought it was going to be? Yeah, I think maybe like, I think it was hard, maybe like 2021, honestly, was where I really felt a lot of stress in it. Um, and you know, I'm private about a lot of things that went on in my relationship. So I won't, I won't get too deep there, but like, I definitely feel like I started to feel the effects and I was kind of like, I think part of it is like, we make these decisions out of ego or, or like what we think success is without thinking about the fallout of the other person and where do they want their identity to lie. Right. And if they, feel like they want their own identity in something else, or if they feel okay supporting us. Cause I feel like definitely there was like some identity shifts that happened with my partner and like not knowing where they fit and kind of feeling in the shadows. And like, there was a lot of things that were coming up where I was like, what is going on? You know what I mean? And like, I was in therapy and we were working through things and like trying to like really get to the root cause. And I feel like at that moment, I kind of saw really the fallout of the decision that I had made. And it was really my decision that I had made. They went along with it, but you know what I mean? It was really like, kind of like me seeing the repercussions, if you will, of making that choice. Mm. And I think this is one of those things that I I haven't really seen anyone really talking about. And I think I saw like a dip in like where people were saying, oh, I've done this and I retired my husband. And then like people stopped talking about it. Yeah. And I wondered <laughs> like completely. whether that was because everyone was realizing like, oh shit, what do we do? Um, mm-hmm. Because when I was going through it and we started to realize our situation just didn't really work anymore and trying to figure out how we got out of that and our next steps, 
I just remember thinking like I don't even know who to speak to about this because I don't know anyone else who has done this and not um been online saying it's the best thing we ever did you know (laughs) yeah and I think it's hard it's hard to talk about um because part of it's not your story to tell right so unless Mm -hmm. you and your partner are very open and transparent and okay with you talking about this pretty loudly and wildly it can be like a pretty personal um and touchy subject if you will depending on the other person's feelings and so I can see how people like myself included are sensitive about the way that they talk about it online Um, because you never want to cross a boundary, make things worse, hurt the other person, right? Like there's, there's just a lot that can potentially go wrong. Um, But I do think there needs to be some level of discussion, at least from a broad level, like kind of just like explaining the repercussions or talking about your experience. So other people know that they're not alone, because I have a feeling that the majority of people that went into it this way, didn't end up with the situation they thought they were ending up in. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's weird because in hindsight, I'm like, well, well, like, duh, like, why didn't I see this coming, you know? Um, yeah. But I think you, you go into it with the best intentions, don't you? And yeah. what you think that you want. Um, do you feel like, because I know you said your mum worked with you. Did mm-hmm. you feel that that was tr- tricky because there's like a relationship there or or was that like fine for you? Yeah, me and my mom work together. I feel like we just personally, like we work together pretty well for the most part. Um, Like we have a very open, honest communication line. I feel like what made it a little bit tricky was my personal life kind of seeping into like my working relationship with her. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, your mom is always going to like try to have your back and like be there for you. And like, she, she was really just trying to like support me in every way that she could. She's a freaking angel. Um, And, you know, but I just like, feel like the working relationship was pretty fine for the most part. It was like, kind of like the crossover into the personal where I was like, okay, this is kind of like a little bit messy, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she's literally an angel. She's literally, it's, I don't even know how I was so lucky to have her for a year. Once I went and got a, a different job, she ended up going back and getting another job too, which I mean, she has like a master's degree and stuff like that. So she's, she was fine. <laughs> um, it was, yeah, it was kind of an interesting experience. I will say. Yeah. It's complicated, isn't it? Like sometimes people ask me, should I hire my sister or my, my dad or my best friend? And I think it's just it can be really great like in the same way that you're saying you and your mom work really well together but I think it can also be like awful and you might not know until you're in it which way it's gonna go yeah and I think there has to be I just think like for me communication is just like fundamental in any relationship working or personal and so I would never get into a working relationship with someone who I felt like I couldn't have clear boundaries with or clear like communication with or anything like that because I truly feel like that's where things start to get messy is in the lack of direct communication or lack of clear boundaries or respect, you know what I mean? Like those types of things. Like, I don't know necessarily if me and my sister could ever work together. I feel like we butt heads a lot. And like, if there was like a dynamic of power, it would be a little bit of a difficult situation to be in. And I think having that awareness going into, you know, working with someone you're close with, whether it's family, family, friends, whatnot, is really, really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I think communication is everything, especially when there's that like weird power dynamic, isn't there? When it's yeah. your business and mm-hmm. like you're you're paying somebody who is also somebody who you have like a separate relationship with and yeah. you don't want to like boss them around, but you've kind of got to tell them what to do because that's your job. Like it's just so complex. If someone was listening to this thinking, but I really want to hire my husband, wife, partner, what would your number one piece of advice be? 
clear expectations, 100%, clear role, clear, clear responsibilities. Um, I would approach it as if I was hiring literally anyone else. Um, I think a lot of people go into it being like, oh, well, we'll, we'll just figure it out as time goes on. And I think that that is like, you might as well like put the nail in the coffin right then and there, <laughs> having clear expectations and making sure both people agree to those expectations is so, so, so important. Yeah, I, I just I agree with this so much because this is exactly what we have said. Me mm -hmm. and my boyfriend, when we've had a conversation, we've said like we didn't even have a job title or a job yeah. role or like responsibilities. It was just like, oh, well, we'll figure it out. And actually that made it so much harder because you would yeah. never, like you say, hire somebody else in that way. Exactly. It can really just um, it can really like I think a lot of people go into it with high energy and like high hopes, but it can really dampen things pretty quick when there's just like muddled expectations and you're thinking one thing, they're thinking the other, something's not getting done. And then you're like, why isn't this getting done? And they're like, you never told me it was, you know what I mean? So it's just like tensions can get very high and the conflict can get very high very quickly. Um, and I just like, I hate seeing other people go through that. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things where I think people approach it very casually. And if that's like my biggest advice would be to approach it the complete opposite as casually and just like very professionally, very put together, very meticulous, very detailed, very like focused, like don't approach it casually if that could be my advice. Yeah, honestly, such good advice. Um, I'm really curious about when you came back into the online space and you're, you've kind of been active on Instagram and stuff again, has there been anything that you feel has like really changed since you've been away? Um, well, I think that like, uh, I mean, that changed in a good way for sure. I think people are a little bit more cautious when making buying decisions. I think people are a little bit more aware of what they need. I think a little bit like not just throwing money at their problems like they used to be, which I think was really great, um, especially in the business to business space. Um, but I do think like, because it's saturated, people have like a big a choice of options to go with now. And I think you have to be a little bit more specific in your marketing. You have to be, in my opinion, better at selling. You have to have a clear, unique selling position. And like, you have to be able to explain what makes you different than other people and like how and why someone should buy from you over why they should buy from someone else. I think there's a lot more that goes into making a sale now, I would say, than like circa 2020 when the big boom happened. Um, but I think that this is all really good changes, like very, very good changes that people should be excited about less than scared of. Mm, Cause there's a lot of, um, sort of like negativity online, right. Yeah. Of like, Oh, things are not working like they used to, but mm. I think you're right that maybe that's a, a good thing. Um, yeah. what are you planning on doing differently in terms of like your offers and stuff compared to where you were like a couple of years ago? Oh, for sure. I think the biggest thing that I was doing a couple of years ago is I did so much, uh, how do I word this? Like reactive offers, if that makes mm -hmm. sense, where it was like, yeah. I did a lot of like one-on-one coaching and like group coaching. And anytime someone came to me with a problem, I was like, oh, I can make an offer around that. And I would make it, and I would move really quickly and change often, um, and create a bunch of random offers and things like that. For me, I'm kind of going into it with a completely opposite approach now is having some preset defined offers, um, that are going to call in the right people. So being a little bit more proactive versus reactive, I think the reactivity for the time, it, people saw that there was money to be made and they reacted in that certain way. Um, but for me now, it's not necessarily about how much money I make in the online space anymore. I think I've kind of just like, I've done what I've wanted to do and I've kind of like hit these big numbers and I don't really care about that anymore. Uh, for me, it's more about like consistent predictability, working less, spending more time with my kids, um, and just 
feeling good about the work that I'm doing, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I love that. And I totally agree. I think um, we've all hit those like big numbers and big achievements and like got the applause and the pat on the back for it. And we're like, oh, actually, like, I really want to enjoy my life. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. That's actually more important to me. Um, (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I think I'm shooting for a little bit more sustainability. You know, after hitting that period of burnout, I really felt firsthand what it would be like to just be like, I just want to walk away from it all. Like this isn't sustainable. And so for me, that's like a big priority for me moving forward is just building something that's going to last. So um did you find that many people stuck around because I think I would have a fear of like if I don't show up and sell for a while people would disappear and I know obviously I'm an example of someone who saw you (laughs) pop up straight away and was like oh my gosh she's back did you find that a lot of people were just there kind of waiting yeah yeah I mean people definitely left like that's to be expected Um, but I was kind of okay with that. And even now, since I've come back, my profile has been on private. Um, and I've just been focused on nurturing kind of the audience that it was already existing that did stick around and making sure that I was talking to them and serving and just kind of like getting my footing before kind of like opening it back up to everybody. Um, but I definitely feel like people stuck around and I don't know if that was also though, because I have been around for so long that I had like a pretty high established, uh, brand awareness and loyalty, from people um, that when I came back, they were just kind of like, like, as if they didn't skip a beat, which was so nice. You know, like a lot of people have bought from me already, like that haven't bought from me in a couple of years since I was gone. Um, But they were just like, I was just waiting for you to come back. And I'm so excited to work with you again, which has been so refreshing and so nice. And um, it definitely like makes you feel good to know that like your work like all the bricks that you're laying and the foundation that you're building and that stuff just doesn't disappear with a blink of an eye, you know, like it's still there, even if you take a step back. Yeah. And I think that's such a good like example of how great your community was beforehand, mm-hmm. right? Like how much people loved your content and you and how much the trust was there and all that kind of stuff. Um, I am so excited to see you back and I'm really excited to see what you do next. Um, can you give us like a, a spoiler of what you've got coming? Like what offers are you going to have? What are some of the things that you're working on right now? Yeah. Yeah. I can give you, a, I can give you a little, uh, a little peek in or two. I think the biggest thing that I'm realizing uh, in terms of shift of consumption in the online space is I think people are looking for a little bit more tangible resources. So that's something that I'm really focused on from like a sales perspective is like quick, implementable, tangible tools and resources for people to implement into their business that isn't like watching 17 hours worth of video modules or things like that. I think that a big thing for me that I'm focused on is learning through action and helping people learn through action versus learn through consumption, if that makes sense. Um, so that's just a little a little teaser for what's coming. Amazing. Well, I'm excited. Uh, where can people come and find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Carrie Brady. Um, that's kind of like my main little source right now. I'm working on getting my website back up still and all that good stuff. So mainly just on Instagram. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Of course. Thanks so much for having me.